And the person interviewing me wrote those words down, looked up from his piece of paper and said to me, so do you think we're going to like that? Yeah, I, I do what I do today, Kathy, because of a fourth grade field trip. No credit to me, just me fumbling along with what I knew at the time and the dog being very forgiving of my mistakes. Can a place be sick? I've been thinking about this, you know, physical illness when, when a creature, a being, isn't feeling very well. They don't behave well. And that can lead to a lot of issues and social impact. So I'm wondering lately, can a city be sick? Can a neighborhood be sick? Or is that based on the people who live there? These are the kinds of things I think about when I get COVID. Okay, so this is only the second time that the beast has bitten me in the ass. At least this time, I caught it in Paris. I'm bougie that way. So in today's episode of Talk Unleashed, I'm thinking about not feeling well and just how do I behave when I'm not feeling well? And it occurs to me that maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the societal disconnect that we're seeing, that our cities are just sick. I wonder what kind of inoculation that will require. I don't know that we'll figure it out, but Dr. Brooks is in. I'm Kathy Brooks. And this is Talk Unleashed. Well, it got me again. Despite boosters and vaccines and precautions and all of the things, you know, you get on airplanes and you travel to places and you're going to pick up some cooties. At least this round of COVID was procured in Paris. (laughs) You know, it's an interesting thing being uh, impacted by illness stuff. It just, it makes you realize, makes me realize the value of feeling healthy and just how quickly when I'm not feeling great physically, my temper rises, my frustration rises, how every little thing is like nails on a blackboard. I mean, I could say I'm a little pissed about getting COVID again. I don't feel that terribly ill, just mild cold, just feeling a little punky. May these symptoms remain right where they are and better. But at the end of the day, you know, I will isolate. So you might say, Kathy, you've got COVID. You're supposed to be isolating. What are you doing in your car? I'm going down to my office to pick up some paperwork so I can stay in isolation the rest of the week. And um, not what I planned for right about now. Got a lot of things going on before the end of the year. Formally have announced that I will be closing the 9th and Fremont Streets location of the Hydrant Club, effective the 31st of this year. It is the end of an era. I'm actually recording this on December 12th, which would have been Tony Shea's birthday. It would have been, I believe, his 48th birthday. Tony Shea, the former CEO of Zappos, whose bold and audacious idea to redevelop, reconstitute, 
recreate the Fremont East District of downtown Las Vegas had so much hope and promise. Hope and promise felled by a pandemic which fueled, well, it just fueled things for Tony that had already been in place. And um, unfortunately, he's now gone. In the time since the pandemic has subsided, it's been interesting to see in the Fremont East District, the things have that have evolved, how the neighborhood has shifted in its return uh, post-pandemic, post-major part of the pandemic, I guess. The interesting to see the kind of uh, entertainment that's happening, the groups of people that are coming. It's a great neighborhood in the way that Bourbon Street is a very important part of New Orleans. Fremont East is that for the city of Las Vegas. It's a place where people come to party and to drink and be merry and do all sorts of decadent and debauch behaviors. Not exactly an area that is conducive to a high-end dog training facility. So yeah, so the facility will be closing the 31st of this year and I get to make some big choices, big changes, big shifts. I get to go on some adventures, which I will be sharing with all of you. And doing a regrouping and reconstituting of my own around how the Hydrant Club gets to look, where it gets to be, what it gets to be, and all of those good things. So what does that have to do with me having COVID and not feeling well? I think about society not feeling well, a neighborhood not feeling well, not physically well. I think about working with dogs that are physically unwell, ear infections, gastric issues, allergies, skin issues, whatever the case may be. But when an animal is sick, physically sick, the behaviors that it has, well, let's just say they match. So what of a seemingly inanimate thing like a neighborhood or a city or a community? Of course, it is constituted of animate things of people. People constitute a neighborhood. But can you say that a neighborhood is sick? Can you say that a place is unwell? Or is it a collective energy of the people in a place that make it unwell? Can you take a place that is seemingly unwell and shift it by shifting the people, shifting the energy of the people? I think they call that gentrification in some parts. But it doesn't have to be gentrification in this sense of uh, expunging certain people and replacing them with someone else, which I think is that when gentrification is used as a dirty word, that's kind of what I think most people think. You know, you take out the lower income people, you, you know, bring in a higher income, different echelon of society and, you know, kind of bake the culture out of a place. The character, a Starbucks on every corner, 
Lots of women walking around wearing Lululemon and holding their venti Starbucks. Not, again, not that that's a judgment, but it's a thing. Like, there are places in the Las Vegas area where that is a thing. That's how they were built. You think about other kinds of neighborhoods, like a core of a downtown, for example, which has a little grit, has some history, has a lot of variety in terms of socioeconomic statuses that should have that diversity. And so when I think of gentrification, what it means to me is cleaning up streets, that streets feel safe and are safe, that there is foot traffic and an array of different kinds of businesses. And yeah, does it mean that certain elements are removed? Sure. I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. But I think about what was possible in downtown Las Vegas specifically, and I'm being very specific around the Fremont East neighborhood, because what's been happening in the Arts District on the diagonal opposite end of the downtown footprint here in Las Vegas is nothing short of remarkable. A much slower developmental cycle, um, slower roll, but the streets are bright, brightly lit with wide sidewalks that have all been redone and ample parking and interesting stores and interesting restaurants and an increasing number of residential opportunities. Really fascinating. And the streets feel safe. That is not the state of the union where I've been. And so I think is the neighborhood sick and what will it take? What might it have taken? We seem to be on a really, really good path when we began our efforts in the Fremont East area of downtown Las Vegas back in 2012, when the downtown project first got underway. There was so much promise, so much opportunity. And as with so many things, I think the, the vision was lost somewhere along the way. When vision is lost, things get sick, they shift. And as with all animals, typically the lowest common denominator behavior is the thing that wins out. It's sad to me, I, I can't lie, I'm having lots of feelings, lots of very big feelings about the closure of the facility. You know, evolving to what I was doing before, which was training dogs without having a physical facility for it. And having the opportunity really to expand the way I explore doing that work, as well as the coaching I've been doing and certainly this podcast and all of the other things, including something super exciting. I will share next week about a uh, very French opportunity that has come in any case. What do we do when a neighborhood is sick? What do we do when a place is sick? How do we, how do we address that? What prescription can be applied? To me, the answer is pretty simple. Communication and conversation, connection, specifically identifying who the key stakeholders are in a given place and then getting them all together to talk about what's needed, getting them all together to talk about what gets to be next. What are the problems in order? What are the biggest ones? What are the ones that get to be sorted first? 
How does everyone throw their shoulder to the wheel just a little bit? Who needs to pull on the oar just a little bit harder? Who has more responsibility for that shift in given areas? Sometimes it's law enforcement. Sometimes it's the city. Sometimes it's the private sector, private businesses. Sometimes it's the residents. And in all cases, there is some combination of the aforementioned. Everyone's got to be at the table. Everyone's got to be at least looking at the same North Star. What's the North Star? What's the direction? What's the motivation? What's the mission? What's the vision? When those things are aligned, it doesn't matter if there's disagreement about how to get there because everybody knows that they're going in the same direction. And that's when you find the compromise, the compromise that allows you to find the solutions that work. It's sad. I'm just driving around the facility right now and looking at these magnificent trees that have all started losing their leaves for the winter later than you might think. Thank you, climate change. Murals that were, that were commissioned, that ended up with massive amounts of um, graffiti in the last year as the neighborhood degraded around us. Damage to fences and damage to property in the last year as the neighborhood degraded around us. And the heartbreak of the people who really wanted to try and see what could be created in this space. That's okay. New things rise. With every door that closes, another door opens. And so more shall be revealed about how this journey gets to go. And in the meantime, I think it's time to get out of the car since as you can hear, <laughs> I have dogs that want to get out of the car. Either that or they're trying to contribute to the podcast. Not sure what comes next, folks, but I know this podcast will be here every week and I'll get to share with you what the journey looks like. And I'm really glad to have you along for the ride. Here we are, the end of another episode. So sad. But it's not really, because there is an entire library of Talk Unleashed podcast episodes you can enjoy, and a whole bunch more yet to come. Make sure you don't miss any. Subscribe, follow, heck, set up a carrier pigeon network if you like. Whatever it takes, just make sure you don't miss any of these conversations. And since conversations do require dialogue, meaning two, meaning back and forth. I want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What topics would you like to hear addressed? Drop a line to talkunleashed at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Mm-hmm.